Howdy and welcome to the Tim Week Bible Study. This is week seven, day one of our study of Isaiah. I'm your host, Darren Hibbs, and today we're talking about Isaiah 23. Welcome back to the 10 Week Bible Study. Again, I'm your host, Darren Hibbs. Before we get started, I want to encourage you to remember to read Isaiah 10 times in these next 10 weeks. We're on week seven, so you got four more weeks this week and three more to read through the first half of the book of Isaiah. It really can transform your life. With that, let's go ahead and pray before we start today. Lord, would you open our eyes and our ears to hear what your word has to say to us. Speak to us out of your word today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. With that, let's jump into God's word to be reading today from the NIV. This is Isaiah 23, starting in verse 1. A prophecy against Tyre. Wail, you ships of Tarshish, for Tyre is destroyed and left without house or harbor. From the land of Cyprus, word has come to them. Be silent, you people of the island and you merchants of Sidon, whom the seafarers have enriched. So pausing right there, I want to explain a few things here. Tyre is a city that's in modern day Lebanon. It's on the the Mediterranean coast. This was a sister nation to Israel, although this land was promised to Israel when uh, God promised Moses what the boundaries of the land were. This land was promised to Israel, but uh, they never really fully controlled it, and uh, there were powerful Phoenician kings. So these uh, Tyre and Sidon are essentially the the capital cities, the sister capital cities of what was called Phoenicia for a very long period of time. And uh, Tyre was an island for most of its existence. And Alexander the Great actually, when he was conquered, and Tyre's been conquered many times, when Alexander the Great conquered it, he built a causeway from the mainland to Tyre. And then after that, the land was reclaimed further and further to what it is now today. So if you look it up on a map today, it's not an island. But that's why the Isaiah here calls it, you people of the island. At this time, it was actually an island, but it isn't anymore. Uh, Tarshish was a, a colony city, many people believe. Some people believe that it might have been in Spain. Some people believe it might have been near mainland Tyre. No one's very sure. No one's ever found it yet. Uh, but we do know that the city of Tyre and the people of Tyre, since they were seafaring people, they were supposedly some of the best uh, you know, merchants that sailed the oceans, that they actually, we, we know that they colonized lots of places around the Mediterranean and possibly even around the world. We know that they colonized places uh, like, like Cyprus, and we know that they colonized North Africa. And so, um, uh, you know, they're all over the place and uh, quite skilled at at what they did in shipbuilding and and being merchants that travel the ocean. And so that's kind of the background here. That's who Tyre is. They were a pagan nation, obviously. And so this, and they are one of Israel's neighbors. So with the exception of the prophecy against Jerusalem, all of these prophecies we've been looking at in the last 10 or so chapters have all been prophecies against the pagan nations around Judah and Israel. All right, let's jump back in verse three. On the great waters came the grain of the Shihor. The harvest of the Nile was the revenue of Tyre, and she became the marketplace of the nation. So we see here that this is, we're talking about, you know, Tyre is, is 
you know, they're making all of their money from trade and from, you know, their ships going all over the world and moving goods uh, around. My air conditioner came on there. I'm going to turn it off. Verse four, be ashamed, Sidon, and you fortresses of the sea, for the sea has spoken. I've neither been in labor nor given birth. I have neither shared sons, neither reared sons, nor brought up daughters. When words came from to Egypt, they will be in anguish at the report of Tyre. So here we see that Isaiah is prophesying that Tyre is going to suffer as well, um, just like all of the other surrounding nations and Israel and Judah. They're all going to suffer from what's coming. Verse 6. Cross over to Tarshish, wail, you people of the island. Is this your city of revelry? The old, old city whose feet have taken her to settle in far off lands. So here we see Isaiah is referencing their colonies in in, in places, uh, North Africa, Cyprus, all these places that are far off. Many people believe they might have even had colonies in places like Spain, uh, they were very good at, at, at going places and, and conquering. And even by Isaiah's day, it's an old, old city. Tyre is one of the oldest and, and uh, they say continuously inhabited cities. There have been periods where Tyre was not continuously inhabited. But at, at Isaiah's time, it still was one of the oldest continuously inhabited cities on planet Earth. This region was one of the first places really to be colonized and settled after Noah's people got off the boat, essentially. And so this is one of the great cities of the earth, even in Isaiah's day. Verse 8. Who planned this against Tyre, the bestower of crowns, whose merchants are princes, whose traders are renowned in the earth? The Lord Almighty planned it to bring down her pride and all her splendor and to humble all who are renowned in the earth. Commerce and money and all of these kinds of things can make you very, very arrogant, right? Almost money and and trading and 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 being a, a successful businessman can really make you, in a lot of ways, more arrogant and make you feel more invincible than a soldier who has only experienced winning. Right, because a soldier who is going out to war and experiencing winning and, and you know survives through all the war, someone who can live to tell the stories and who's only won wars, even still that soldier has seen death. He's seen good people die. He's seen people on the other side that he has to acknowledge were probably good warriors as well. So at least he has a, a good soldier should have a modicum of humility knowing that He's alive for some reason, while other people aren't. But a business person, someone who's just made money and made money and made money, you never get that sense of, of uh, especially if you've only had successes, you never get that sense of, wow, I could fail, and, and why am I succeeding? Why am I here? You really don't get that in the same way that someone like a soldier is going to get that. And so the Lord is speaking directly to Tyre and how they have increased their wealth and their control and power over a very broad region. We know this historically that they they exerted control, um, not even necessarily militarily, but economically over a very broad region uh, of, of the Mediterranean region. 
they exerted a tremendous amount of control and it's really hard to lose when you are one of the few seafaring people and you do it really well and you're the one moving the goods along back and forth. It's pretty easy to make money doing that. And they haven't experienced a lot of loss up to this point. But the Assyrian, the Assyrians that will move into this region, Tyre is going to face one of their first big losses to these guys. Verse uh, ten. Till your land, till your land, as long as they as they do along the Nile, daughter Tarshish, for you no longer have a harbor. The Lord has stretched out His hand over the sea and made its kingdoms tremble. He has given an order concerning Phoenicia that her fortresses be destroyed. He said, "No more of your reveling, virgin daughter Sidon, now crushed." So here we see that that these walled cities, God is prophesying that they're going to come down. He's prophesying to Phoenicia, which again, Tyre and Sidon. Tyre is really kind of the capital of Sidon. was originally the capital of the, the Phoenician peoples, but eventually Tyre superseded Sidon and, and became the, the principal city. But these two cities, uh, like when we look in the Bible and we see Hiram who supplied a lot of uh, timbers from Lebanon to David to build his palaces in Solomon, we see that he uh, was the king of Tyre and Sidon. And actually the king of Tyre later was one of the kings of Tyre was the father of Jezebel. And so this has got an intertwined history with Israel very fortified walled cities and the Lord is speaking to the Phoenicians. The Lord is going to bring you down. Continuing on in verse 12. Up, cross over to Cyprus. Even there you will find no rest. Look at the land of the Babylonians, this people that is now of no account. The Assyrians have made it a place for desert creatures. They raised up their siege towers. They stripped its fortresses bare and turned it into a ruin. Wail, you ships of Tarshish. Tarshish, your fortress is destroyed. Uh, another thing that Tarshish means in this in ancient Hebrew is is actually a or or at least what most people say a, a, a separate meaning of Tarshish, other than being a city, is that there were ships called the ships of Tarshish, meaning like this is a specific type of ship, not just a ship from Tarshish, but it's a specific type of ocean faring vessel. And so a lot of people think that this is kind of being used both ways where we're talking about potentially this unlocated city of Tarshish, but we're probably and also maybe mostly talking about the ships called the ships of Tarshish. Verse 15. At that time, Tyre will be forgotten for 70 years, the span of a king's life. But at the end of these 70 years, it will happen to Tyre as in the song of the prostitute. Pausing right there, the 70 years, some people think that the 70 years here that that Isaiah is talking about is the 70 years that Judah is gone to Babylon. Others uh, believe that there's a, a period of 70 years after they're conquered by the Assyrians and... Uh, after that 70 years, then the Assyrian influence over the region begins to fade. So some people believe that that's the 70 years. Nobody's 100% sure exactly what the 70 years, but there's multiple candidates um, that 
could fulfill this 70-year prophecy here for Tyre. Verse 16, take up a harp, walk through the city, you forgotten prostitute. Play the harp well, sing many a song so that you will be remembered. So here, what Isaiah is prophesying is, is, is uh, apparently at the time there was a, a, a song called the Song of the Prostitute, right? Meaning uh, she's a, a woman of ill repute, doesn't really have a family legacy and lineage to speak of. And so there's this song saying, hey, you know, play this heart, make a song so that you'll be remembered because you don't have a family, you don't have a legacy to remember you by. And so there's, they're saying the same thing to, to tire, Hey, you're going to be gone. So make a song about you so that people can remember that you exist. Verse 17, at the end of the 70 years, the Lord will deal with Tyre. She will return to her lucrative prostitution and will ply her trade with all the kingdoms of the face of the earth. It's interesting that the Lord calls this trade that Tyre's engaged in prostitution. That's essentially what the Lord is saying here is, is that the trade, the seafaring, ocean-going trade, where they're loading ships with goods and, and things like that and moving them around, the Lord is calling the Lord is calling that prostitution. And it probably has more to do with the way that Tyre engages in business than the fact that they are engaging in business. People need goods and services. They need these things moved around. I don't believe that what the Lord is saying here is that being a merchant and loading things up and moving them back and forth from place to place is essentially, you know, prostituting yourself before the Lord. I don't think that's what the Lord's saying. I think it's the way that Tyre engaged in their business dealings. The Lord is essentially saying the way you do it's evil. I think that's, that's what's going on there. Um, you know, in the temple, there were the money changers and all of these people, because you got all of these people from, uh, Jews coming to Jerusalem during the time of Jesus. You got all these Jews coming to Jerusalem from all over the Greek and Roman world, and they don't have Jewish temple money. But the only thing that you were allowed to pay, you know, your your taxes to the temple and your dues to the temple and to tithe and all that kind of stuff, the only money they'll accept is temple Jewish money because they don't want um, it was considered idolatry to take a coin with the image of Caesar on it or anything else. And so Jewish money didn't have anyone's image on it. And so when you came to Jerusalem to be able to give offerings, you needed to change your money. You needed to exchange whatever Roman coins that you had for Jewish temple money. And you also needed to be able to buy the sacrifices because people couldn't, you know, if you're coming from Rome or Italy or wherever else or North Africa, you're not going to load up on the ship with all of your animals to sacrifice. You're going to go to Israel. You're going to buy the sacrifices and and you're going to, to make them there, right? Money travels a lot better than a cow or a goat or sheep. And so that's what's going on. And so these are necessary things that are going on. But when Jesus comes upon all of these people in the temple, he beats them and whips them. And in some translations and some of the gospels, he accuses the money changers of, of, of essentially lying, of, of having weighted scales, right? So one way you can cheat somebody, if you're a money changer back in that day, is, you know, we have gone away from weighing money and having gold and precious metals as part of our coins. 
But back then, you know, your coins were made of gold or copper or silver or whatever. And, and that weight of that money is what actually carries value, not the face value of anything. So now a quarter is not worth a quarter and a penny is not worth a penny in the United States. Our money doesn't work that way, but back then it did. And so you would take, let's say you've got three gold coins, you would put it on the scales and you're supposed to have, you know, your weights and measures are supposed to say, okay, this is, you know, supposed to balance out and okay, say, well, this much gold is actually weighs this much and it's worth this much. But if you're, you know, an unscrupulous business person, you can have that cheat and you can, you know, underweigh or overweigh things and and your weights can be off on purpose. And that way you can cheat just a little bit out of every single person. If you're doing enough money changing, you start to make a lot of money off of people robbing them uh, as you change the money. And this is what is going on. This is what Jesus gets so angry about. So the system in place, maybe the Lord didn't like the system so much the way it had evolved, but people were coming on their pilgrimage to make the sacrifices. The Lord was pleased with that. The Lord was not pleased with the way that the people there were doing it. And I think it's the same thing here with with Tyre is the Lord is not necessarily displeased with the fact that they are engaging in trade, but the way that they're doing it. Verse 18. Yet her profit and all of her earnings will be set apart for the Lord. They will not be stored up or hoarded. Her profits will go to those who live before the Lord for abundant food and fine clothes. So what the Lord is saying is Tyre is going to be gone for 70 years, but then they're going to come back and they're going to go back to trading. They're going to go back to being merchant marine, you know, people on the ocean, moving goods and, and products around and making money at it. But this time they're not going to get to keep the profits. Their profits are going to be handed over to the people of God. This is a very interesting prophecy, and I'm not actually quite sure at what point this was ever fulfilled. And so part of me wonders if this is, you know, if this if this was fulfilled at some point in the past, that maybe, you know, they went back to it and then the Babylonians eventually conquered them again and the Babylonians... Uh, are taking the money and maybe some of the Babylonian money that gets handed over to the people going back to Israel when the Persians take over Babylon and uh, they've also conquered Tyre and they're funding the rebuilding of Jerusalem, funding the temple. Maybe that's something that's going on here, or maybe this is still yet in the future. Maybe this is a prophecy about this location, this part of what we now call Lebanon uh, and, and, I'm recording this on uh, Sunday, October 15th, 2023, and we're a week into a conflict between Israel and Hamas in the Gaza Strip, and Hezbollah in Lebanon, and probably the nation of Lebanon, are potentially about to get involved with a war, another war with Israel. Lebanon's had several wars with them, and so maybe this is still yet a future prophecy from this region that has yet to come to pass. It's an interesting thing, and this is, again, what makes Isaiah so difficult and so fascinating all at the same time. For the 10-Week Bible Study, I'm your host, Darren Hibbs, and I can't wait to see you next time. Hey, thanks for watching the 10-Week Bible Study. If you've enjoyed this, would you consider doing that whole like and subscribe and bell thing you're always hearing people talk about? It really helps other people find out about the show, and my heart is for people to fall in love with God's Word. Thank you.